Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. It's a Tuesday edition of the program. Just a little different feel today. Girls high school basketball. The postseason begins locally for a lot of our teams. That is so very exciting to know that we've got postseason basketball here. And so we'll talk a lot about that tonight. IU basketball in a good spot right now. And we'll, of course, talk lots about Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers today. Plenty of things here right in the middle of the season of the Big Ten. It's February 1st, so I know it's cold. I know they're talking about like this huge storm system that's expected to move through the Midwest and a great part of Indiana coming up. I think on Thursday I saw it's been expanded and moved up earlier in the day. But I'm thinking about March and sectionals and spring and all the good things ahead of us. Of course, March Madness in the NCAA tournament uh, here as we have a cold week and maybe some winter weather ahead of us coming up a little bit later in the week. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. It's a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in moments, Greg Mingelt. He's the lead writer for HoosierHillsHoops.com. He's with us now on Tuesdays. He's got everything covered from a basketball perspective here in southern Indiana. And on this special day to kickstart the girls' postseason, we'll talk a lot about some of the matchups tonight. And because of the weather that I mentioned, there is a lot of movement later in the week. It's already a weird week for the boys' games. They're a heavy Thursday, heavy Saturday afternoon schedule, but that's been flipped around a little bit because of weather. And if ADs locally and really anywhere across the country need anything else to deal with in addition to COVID and all the challenges they have, now we've got some weather moving in a little bit later in the week. So we'll cover those things and more with Greg. Later in the hour, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with me. We'll talk about IU on this uh, off week, I guess you could call it. Uh, the Hoosiers are on pause until Saturday, and I shouldn't say on pause, especially uh, these days. That makes it seem like they're not practicing, but they are, I'm sure, hard at it, getting ready for Illinois. And uh, But a nice break to uh, recuperate, maybe find out more about Rob Fennessy and where he is at heading into the month of February. And so we'll uh, talk about this off week and that opportunity for IU with Mike Schumann. And then later in the program, uh, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com will be with us. He's always a Tuesday guest as well. And I tell you what, the uh, optics around IU football uh, just simply aren't good right now. Coach McCullough, uh, it came out officially yesterday, has been hired away by Notre Dame. You know, he's got, what, two boys in the program, a third probably coming or was probably coming. Do those guys, do his kids stay in the IU program? Uh, Going to be interesting to see how that works. But after a rough season where IU had huge football expectations, 
Uh, we know how things ended. The last thing Tom Allen and IU football needed was a rough offseason. And so far, it had been okay recruiting-wise and transfer portal-wise, uh, making some coaching hires. We'll see how those play out as well. But uh, this is a big loss because I have a feeling it may affect some other things with with IU football as well, with Coach McCullough going to Notre Dame. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the hour as well. That's the show lineup for this February 1 edition of the program. Line up each day for service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service. Still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And joining me right now here at the Big X Studios on a great day for high school basketball in our state is Greg Mingelt to talk about the girls' sectionals tonight and so much more. I mentioned, Greg, at the start of the show, just a different feeling on tournament days. I know it's different for the coaches. We had uh, Scott Shane on uh, with us yesterday to preview the Dragons this week. And I like this week because the focus is on the girls. Uh, they get the Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, big-time, prime-time slots and uh, we're going to have some coaches on this week, maybe some players as well, uh, to talk about the sectionals as we move through the week. And we have our fingers crossed that weather does not affect those on Friday night. Of course, the semifinals coming up later in the week. But a fun week and a lot of girls' hoops ahead and some good matchups right out of the gate tonight. Yeah, um, one of the best matchups in the state, in fact, at North Harrison. And, and also, the weather is beautiful today and tomorrow, so let's enjoy that while we can. Um, yeah, Corden and Charlestown uh, combined thirty-six and seven, uh, facing each other in the uh, in the first game tonight. The only game at North Harrison tonight. They went to overtime the first time around, so it doesn't get any better than in, than the first round at North Harrison, unless you're one of those two teams that has to play each other the first round out. Yeah, no question. As you look across mm-hmm. the area, are, are am I am I safe saying that probably at least on paper. North Harrison, that sectional could produce the best matchup starting tonight and as the week goes on, if things play out how we think they could. Yeah, every team in that sectional is good. Uh, North Harrison had a graduation at midseason, so they've uh, struggled since then. But they were pretty good uh, up until that point. And uh, so every team, I think um, everyone in that sectional, except for North Harrison, has a winning record uh, or a 500. Scottsburg's 500. Um, So... Every night's going to be tough, and that one, and we're talking about Corden, we're talking about Charlestown, obviously Silver Creek, and let's not forget about Salem, how good Salem been for the last half decade. They were, they're they 11-9, and nine, but man, they play a tough schedule because they've been so good for so long, they've, uh, they've scheduled a really tough schedule, so I wouldn't count out Salem either. Yeah, another game tonight on the docket at Jeff is the New Albany-Seymour game. That is a matchup of two fairly even teams, and it was a one-point, a two-point game, I believe, uh, back just a few days ago. January 27th was when they played over at New Albany, and Seymour won on a last-second, basically a layup at the buzzer to defeat New Albany. It looked like that game may head to overtime, so... Another game here right out of the gate to watch. Two very even teams in New Albany and Seymour, and that one will open up the 4A sectional at Jeff tonight at 6 o'clock. Yeah, and that's uh, New Albany really needs a win. It's been a long time since they've gotten a win. Uh, but, you know, they're they're not a bad team. This is uh, They've got some talent. They've got a couple of pretty good players. I think they're at least as good as Seymour, and honestly I expect New Albany to win tonight. I think they're the more talented team of the two. Uh, and then, of course, the second game is Bedford and Jeff. Uh, Jeff's had a frustrating season, obviously, with uh, the losses and, uh, you know, the, the lost games, I should say. 
to COVID. Uh, they never were really able to get some momentum until late in the year, and now they go into the postseason with some with some wins and some momentum, and uh, and then of course they get to draw Bedford North Lawrence, who. If they're not the best team in the state, they're in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Bedford, uh, they're the class once again of uh, Indiana basketball and definitely Southern Indiana girls basketball. They've got another chance to make a run to the state championship perhaps. And then one other girls note I want to mention, uh, I think we've done a good job giving them some shout-outs. How can you not shout-out Angie Hinton and Joe Hinton and uh, the legendary coaches and basketball figures that they've been in our state. But watch out for Lanesville. Um, you know, you don't ever want to put the cart before the horse, but this is a uh, Lanesville team that I think weeks from now we'll still be talking about their success here in the postseason, and it all begins for them tonight as well. Yeah, very little question that um, they're one of the teams to beat. If you look at the results, it's pretty clear to me that uh, Lanesville, Lafayette, Central Catholic, Waldron, those are the three elite teams in Class A. And so Lanesville obviously has a chance to uh, to be a state champion when this is all done. Something that, of course, they've never done before. A program that really hadn't had much success in its history until Angie Hinton showed up. And, of course, she's had a success wherever she's gone. Um, yeah, it, it, that sectional, you know, Rock Creek's had a good year. Um, New Wash has won eight of their last nine, and the only loss in that time was to Jeff, and they were ahead at halftime in that game. So New Wash is playing really well. They're probably a sectional championship-type team. Unfortunately, they're in the same section with Lanesville and don't have much chance. No one in that sectional uh, has much chance because they're that good. I mean, they went 5-1 and one against 3A and 4A teams this year. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Greg Mingelt, he's a HoosierHillsHoops.com writer covering Southern Indiana basketball, and he joins us Tuesdays. Let's get into boys. There was no boys games on the docket for tonight, but when uh, Silver Creek and Madison uh, was postponed like so many games were on Friday night, it was moved to Tuesday night. And it's an interesting ball game. You wrote about this in your preview today. Uh, Silver Creek, 6-8 and eight on the year, defending state champions. They've won the last two times that the tournament has been played. Brandon Northern has had to put the team on his shoulders and do so much from playmaking to scoring to leadership, and you name it, he's had to do it, and he's done it this year for Silver Creek against a very tough schedule. He's going to get some help from a transfer that we've discussed this last week that came in midweek. His name is Caden Oliver. He averaged around 20 points for Madison, a very good ball player. His mother was hired uh, stepmother, an assistant uh, principal position at Silver Creek High School. He's immediately eligible. But Coach Hoffman told you, at least as of the weekend, he doubted tonight in this rescheduled game against Madison that he would play against his former team. I think if it was somebody else, he might play. I don't. I think because it's Madison, it's too much of a sure. You know, it, it's just probably not going to happen. Um, but still interesting and. Um, you know, it's the only boys game of the night. Uh, I think normally they would reschedule this for Wednesday, but the Silver Creek girls play on Wednesday, so they rescheduled it for Tuesday, which, um, yeah. It, it, Silver Creek is still has to be in that conversation of a team that has a chance to go, especially after picking up a player averaging near 20 points a game. Um, I think them being 6-8 and eight is complete mirage, and, you know, obviously they're not as good as the last couple of years, but they're also not a below 500 team, and, I expect uh, some really good things for them down the stretch here. Yeah, no question. And, Greg, uh, uh, speaking of shuffling boys' games around this week, I mentioned weather a few times already coming in on Thursday. It was supposed to get here Thursday night. Now I see that the the watch or the warning or whatever it is has been moved up to 7 a.m. on Thursday through the next Friday morning. So 
I have a feeling that uh, things are going to get shuffled around even more, and a lot of athletic directors really getting a jump on things, uh, which is a wonderful thing, and they're getting games in earlier in the week. And a lot of the Thursday night boys games, because of Friday's uh, girls' sectional semifinals, have been pushed up to Wednesday night. Uh, New Albany, mm-hmm. Jennings County, Jeffersonville's game, so many others. So Wednesday's going to be a busy, busy night. It's just a huge basketball week all the way around. Yeah, and I like to look at the things through a glass half full. And um, when games are postponed, then they get rescheduled all through the week. So basketball fans can go to games all week when that happens uh, in the future. But, yeah, Floyd Central at Bedford is the other one. Um, on Wednesday, Floyd can clinch the Hoosier Hills Conference at least a share. Uh, I talked to Coach Sturgeon today, and he said uh, it's 6.30 p.m. start, varsity only. They're going to try to get them in and out. Uh, it's a long trip back from Bedford, just in case it's even earlier. They didn't want to get stuck in Bedford. So uh, a lot of shuffling like that. You know, a uh, few games scheduled for Thursday. And, of course, Saturday, Floyd Central plays Cathedral. And, you know, Floyd Central has been, I think, you could, I think you'd agree, by far our best boys basketball team this year. And no the team to keep on, keep an eye on going forward. That Cathedral game on Saturday, I, I applaud Todd Sturgeon and Jeff Sequera. That's a big test to start the month of February that Floyd needs. That's They've had the type of season, I think, to, to play with a team uh, like Cathedral. So Absolutely. kudos for, to them for getting it to put together late and on the schedule. Matt, this is the most wide open I've ever seen a state championship, 4A especially. Every team at the top has three losses, four losses. There are teams in the rankings with seven or eight losses because Indy is so even. Who knows what Floyd Central or New Albany or Jeff or whoever it is out of this sectional, who knows what they can do this There are some opportunities here in the state this year. We know that talent itself does not win championships, but if I was gauging just on talent in our state, I think I would have to put Cathedral uh, at number one in 4A, and they've been there this season. There's no question about that. All right, one other thing I want to mention. First off, I want to give recognition. You do a Boys and Girls Player of the Week on the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. The boys player, New Washington Jr., Matthew Arthur, and the girls player, Keegan Kiger, uh, Kaiser, excuse me, for Floyd Central. She's had a really nice year. But I want to go back to Matthew Arthur at New Washington. Uh, we talk a lot of New Albany, a lot of Jeff, a lot of Floyd, a lot of Providence, and sometimes some of the smaller schools that maybe are a little north or out of our immediate area get left out some. But Matthew Arthur in our area somewhat quietly has put together a really, really good junior year. And a lot of listeners to this program that love Southern Indiana basketball are going to remember that Arthur name from years gone by. Right, and his brother Mason is also on the team. He's a freshman starting on the varsity. So, yeah, it's, uh, New Wash is, uh, again, another team that is way better than their record over in Class A. Um, I think Rock Creek is the favorite in that sectional going early, but, man, New Wash could be one of those teams. So could South Central, Christian Academy. That's going to be a fun sectional. All six of those teams are pretty even. Uh, yeah, and I think New Wash is going to get some momentum going down this stretch, and, and the Arthurs are the big reason why. And I think they're another team Just you got to keep your eye on. Because as we uh, get out of here, Greg, for a break, couple college commitments recently. Trey Shane uh, at Silver Creek, who's been a great basketball player as well. I think there could be opportunities there for him if he had chosen that path. But he's committed to Georgetown College for football. And then Chase Benner at Charlestown, who plays some basketball but is mainly a, a football player, uh, he also committed to Georgetown College. Mm-hmm. I continue to be amazed. Some of them I mention on the radio, some of them I don't, but I'm just amazed at the number of high-level, I'm talking 
D1, D2, good NAI programs, good junior college programs. I'm just amazed yeah. at the number of commitments across basketball and all sports that there are from right here in our two-county area. Yeah, and uh, the last 10 years, it's been amazing. My first 10 years I lived down here, I've been down here 20 years. The first 10, we didn't have any professional athletes from our area. We didn't have, we hardly had any Division One athletes. We had a few. Uh, but since then, we, what, five professional athletes now at the top level? Uh, was it six? that we're covering on a daily basis for uh, Division One basketball players, um, not to mention Hanover, IUS, Franklin, all these different programs where there's kids um, from our area. And, uh, yeah, it's really exciting to see, and it's been a really high level of basketball around here for, for over a decade. All right, Greg, appreciate all your work at the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. You're a veteran reporter in our area. And now is your time to shine with the girls and boys tournaments either here or just around the corner. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. I know that for sure. And again, if you don't already, make sure you head over to uh, the website, read Greg's work. You can also follow him at Greg underscore Mingelt as well. Uh, He's got all kind of coverage, whether it's high school or even, as you mentioned, college or professional ties to basketball in our area. He is all over it and covering it on a regular basis. Greg, thank you so much. Thanks, and I'll have full coverage from Jeff starting tonight. It's going to be fun. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450, Send in questions, comments. Uh, we get a lot of IU stuff. Want to get more stuff on the local things we discuss. Let's talk about girls' sectionals, who you pick. Uh, Maybe are you going to a a boys game coming up later this week? Whatever you got for me, for a guest, 502-414-1450. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk IU basketball with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier next on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you here on this Tuesday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is always open for your questions and comments at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier is my guest. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. And Mike is kind enough to join us as one of our IU experts on the program uh, each Tuesday. Mike, uh, maybe a little different pace this week in Bloomington for this IU basketball team. They are in the middle of a Saturday-to-Saturday break from competition. Uh, I think this comes at a good time for this team that appears to be headed in the right direction. Yeah, maybe a good time weather-wise as well. I don't, I don't know if anybody would have been able to, to get to Central Indiana this week with, with what's coming. But yeah, definitely a, always a good time to get a week off. You never knew if this week would actually hold up because of, uh, you know, cancellations and things like that. But fortunately, Indiana has been able to avoid that and got a, a much-needed week to kind of just regroup. I think Coach Woodson 
you know, asked about that on Saturday, said it's a chance to actually, rather than immediately pivoting to another opponent, they, they get to, you know, actually maybe think about installing some stuff, kind of doing a, a deep dive on what's been going well and what hasn't, and just kind of refresh. So always a good opportunity to get a week like this midseason. Although, of course, we'll start talking about, you know, did a, did a week off kind of stall them out if they get off to a slow start on, on Saturday. You uh, had a nice piece earlier today uh, on your daily Hoosier, the daily Hoosier.com website that I wanted to give you a chance to talk about, preview, expand on a little bit, but uh, kind of a, a piece about Race Thompson. Uh, we know how solid he has been, but uh, his emergence as a shooter and how it could really help this team in the month of February find its way to the NCAA tournament, possibly. Yeah, it's such an interesting topic because I I can remember after, I believe it was Hoosier Hysteria 2019 standing, you know, in the hallways doing an interview with with Thompson and we asked him about, you know, how his three-point shot's coming along because it's it's something that he came to IU with a little bit of a reputation for for being, you know, not a great perimeter shooter, but a potential stretch for somebody that had that in his skill set. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why Indiana recruited him. And, and we asked him, I believe, going into what what was the sophomore year. Um, and he said he was working on it, said he was confident. But it, it's just never surfaced. And I, I believe he was something like 9 of 55 from three over his career going into a few games ago. But, but something has clicked. You don't want to make too much of it because it's just a, a brief little 5 of 6 uh, streak that he's on. But, but he looks incredibly confident. You know, his, his mechanics is, have always been good, and there's reason to be cautiously optimistic, I guess is the way I would say it, that, that he can, you know, add that to his toolkit. And that's something else Coach Woodson was asked about both Saturday and last night, that, you know, what does that do for, for the offense if he's making those shots? And he didn't hesitate that, you know, that's something that he's always had as an NBA coach, having that stretch for, and it, it just has obvious benefits to create more space. If, you know, if the power forward defending him has to honor that shot, there's obviously more space for Trace Jackson Davis to operate. There's more space for Xavier Johnson to, to look to dribble drive. Um, so it just creates so many possibilities for the offense that just haven't been there to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, I've got on my list today, since we have a little bit of a pause here, a break to come up for air instead of talking about uh, the daily topics we do about this IU team and specific players and upcoming opponents and the Big Ten Conference as a whole, I want to talk a little bit about March and about the NCAA tournament. And I know that we're all quick, even back in December, to say that's a resume win or what does that do for the resume? What does this non-conference schedule do for the resume of IU basketball? And that's probably a little premature, but we're at February 1 today. And with how this team has been playing, I think fans are hoping and have expectations uh, based on recent results that this team is headed to the NCAA tournament. In your estimation – win total, uh, road win. What does IU need to do to add to their resume to see March come back into the picture for this program? I mean, re- really just take care of business. I mean, I think, you know, this this home game coming up against Illinois, I think could obviously go either way. I think the early prediction, Ken Palm has it as a one-point game. Um, so, so if you give that one away, you got to go find one on the road, probably the most likely 
places to get those would be at Northwestern, at Minnesota. But but just to go back to the initial point, take care of business at home, and and I think you you've pretty much got that done as an as a you know as a team that's not sitting there on Selection Sunday sweating as to whether or not their their name's going to be called. You know, four more home wins gets you to, to twenty wins. Obviously, there's the the Big Ten tournament out there as well. Um, but but it, it's they they put themselves in a position with some of these wins like at Maryland at Nebraska that that now you just need to kind of take care of business. Obviously the the schedule gets a lot more difficult here over the next five games with Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. I mean those are four out of five that are really tough, and the one I didn't mention in there was a really tricky road trip to to Northwestern, who's given everybody fits. They're they're, they're not winning a lot of games, but you don't want to. You don't want to mess around with them. They're, they're they're a team that can pull off an upset at any point in time. Um, so so the you know I, I think that's just it. Take care of business, and I think they've got themselves to a spot where you know if you look at bracket matrix today, which if people aren't familiar with that site, it's it's one of my favorites because it aggregates dozens of bracketologies to give a pretty balanced view as to to where people see Indiana and everybody else right now. They, even in the last 24 hours, they moved up from an eight seed to a seven seed uh, in the eyes of all the bracketology. So they're clearly trending in the right direction. I think, you know, just winning out at, at home, that would that would get you wins over Illinois, uh, another quality win. Um, so I think at that point, I think you're looking at a team that's a clear 7-8, a clear you know, team in the tournament, if you can go on the road and pull an upset at like a Michigan State, Ohio State, then you can, you know, talk about moving up the ranks even more. Mike, you know, I think it's interesting looking back at the schedule. Indiana's been able to put two good games together. They beat Ohio State and Minnesota, then they lost at Iowa. They beat Nebraska on the road. They beat Purdue, a huge one at home. Then they lost in a bad fashion at home to Michigan. Now they beat Penn State at home. They won on the road at Maryland over the weekend. And after some days off, they've got Illinois at home. Can Indiana put three together? To me, that would be maybe the biggest exclamation point of the season if they could do that and come up with a home win against the uh, Fighting Illini on Saturday. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And obviously the other side of that is they haven't lost two games in a row all season. So it's they've kind of been in this as you perfectly encapsulated like you know two wins one loss two wins one loss which you know isn't a isn't a terrible record to, to accumulate in the big 10 but um you, you do look at illinois as kind of this defining game for a lot of reasons like they they feel like they're just on the precipice of convincing you know the the national audience you know they they, they bumped up what was it? Four spots in the AP media poll yesterday. People are still not sure about this Indiana team because of that inconsistency, you know, because they followed Purdue with a really ugly loss against Michigan. So Illinois can really be that game that, that starts to define them. I mean, I, I think everybody, as we've seen it, is having these highs and lows in the, in the big 10. It's just the, the nature of, you know, playing good teams night in and night out. But, but Illinois, you're right. does seem like that kind of game. Uh, where they can really kind of take a step forward in the eyes of, of national folks. Chatting with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Last night, uh, Mike Woodson's weekly coaches show, which airs right here on the Big X most Mondays. Uh, we got a little bit from Coach Woodson on Rob Fennessy. He mentioned that because of this break, uh, that maybe that would give a chance for Rob to catch up and be back out there in the next week or so. So, 
it sounds like that uh, he's very questionable for Saturday, but beyond that, there's a chance we could see Rob Fennessey uh, back in the lineup. We don't know a lot of details. We don't know a lot of the condition, but it does sound like this is something that may not keep him sidelined for many more games. Yeah, not many more, but I'll say that people that I talked to that saw him come out on a scooter with a boot, you know, told, told me, and this is not coming from IU, this is just coming from people I know that, you know, are in the medical profession in various capacities. But they said that was probably on the the negative side of what they had thought they might see from a plantar fasciitis diagnosis. So, um, you know, don't expect to see him this week. Could be a few more weeks, as I, I think is what kind of Coach Woodson was hinting at and what others have hinted at to me you know, again, outside of the IU space that, that, that he may, may be looking at. But big picture, I I don't think that there's any concern that, that you're, you know, he, he's going to be back maybe for the last four, three or four games of the season would, would be my estimation based, based on what people are putting into my ear based on, you know, what he's been diagnosed with and what they're seeing of him, you know, you know, especially on the court on Saturday against Maryland. So um, I, I thought it was really good that, you know, Indiana looked as good defensively as they did on Saturday without him out there. Cause I, in my opinion, he's, he's their best on ball defender, but you know, Trey Gow was right there as well. And, and he got a ton of minutes in that game and was very effective defensively. Um, Christian Lander, you know, n- not great defensively, but, but he held his own, you know, he, he's, he's learning. <laughs> He's trying to be physical, which is, I think, his probably his weakness. That's why he had four fouls. So if he can kind of learn the the, the tricks of the Big Ten game, kind of keep his hands in, but you know, while learning how to use his hips and shoulders and and, and things like that, I, I think he, he can make progress as well. But overall, you know, I thought that might have been Indiana's, you know, one of their top two or three defensive games in the year, and they did it without Tennessee. So I thought that that was a statement for them. Should give them confidence to know that they can continue to, to play high-level defense even without it. Mike, Jordan Geronimo and Trey Galloway have specifically, I think, provided some uplift off the bench in recent games. How confident are you in production and help and assistance from this IU bench moving forward here in conference play with what you've seen recently? Highly confident. I mean, I, I think that's been a major boon to Indiana here over the last month is, is what they're getting off the bench relative to what other – teams can bring off their bench. I mean, I, I mentioned Galloway's perimeter defense. Um, you know, he, his hustle, his effort is kind of the, at the top of, of anybody I'm seeing on the Indiana ro- roster right now. He impacts the game in so many ways. Not not a perfect player, still has that big question mark about his perimeter shot, although, he, you know, he'll confidently step into it when, when he gets the opening. But, um, beyond the perimeter shot, I mean, I think he's as valuable as anyone else on, on this team right now because of just the way he impacts the game. And, and it, it's obvious that the, the coaching staff views it, him that way as well. He got 25 minutes. He basically, although he didn't start the game, once he entered the game, he played starters minutes. So they, they clearly see the value that he's bringing. Geronimo's in a little bit different position because he's kind of best utilized at the four, which means he's got to somehow – to plant race Thompson. Now, now Indiana has been doing a little bit more of, you know, putting Thompson into the five when Jackson Davis comes out, which gives Geronimo more minutes, you know, both in that scenario and to actually replace Thompson when he needs to come out. 
And, and I think he's earned those minutes. You know, he, he's a great rebounder relative to his size. He, um, you know, he's blocking shots. He, he can hit it, the occasional three. You know, his weakness is probably just, you know, you know, from a skill level, you know, dribbling in the open court, he can get a little bit loose dribbling and passing in the open court at, at full speed. But, you know, again, not, not a perfect player, but a very highly valuable player off the bench that both of those guys just bring so much energy to this team. So there's no letdown defensively when they come into the game. And I think that's why you see Indiana really put their foot on the throat of teams like Maryland and Penn state over the last week, because the defense uh, never really lets up when those two are in the game. Chatting today with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Uh, yesterday, I started the show with uh, with kind of a concerning note. Uh, Chuck Crabb, who's been the PA voice of the Hoosiers. You've got Chuck on the PA. You've got Don Fisher on the radio. Two of the legendary sounds behind this IU basketball program. But Chuck announced he was going to retire, and it was going to happen immediately. I've since seen a report that he said everything was okay, just a few things had happened with family, and he just realized it was time to to take a step back and have more time for other things. So it sounds positive there, but, boy, he's going to be missed uh, even as soon as this Saturday for a big game like Illinois coming to Assembly Hall. Yeah, there's no doubt that there will be, you know, whoever's voice comes across on Saturday, it's going to sound weird. Um, it's it's not going to be the same. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what direction Indiana goes. I mean, there's obviously a lot of different PA voices around the country from, you know, very loud, exuberant types to the more um, reserved Chuck Crab voice. You know, he's got some iconic calls like Sophomore and, um, you know, calling out the, the Indiana Hoosiers. So it'll be, <laughs> I think, it'll be I think, I think we have our replacement, Mike. You could take, you could take the job Saturday. So. <laughs> well, if they want the more reserved voice, I, I could probably do it. If they're, if they're looking for loud, it, it's not going to be me, but, but no, it'll be interesting to see if someone tries to kind of incorporate that into what they do, or if, if they'll just kind of go a completely different direction, but it, it is it, the, most surprising aspect is just how sudden it is. Like we're we're literally gonna feel and experience that on on, on Saturday. And you know, for some people, they they've been through that whole journey with Chuck for the 45 years that he's been the voice at Assembly Hall. Some people have been going to the games that entire time, and it's gonna be stark and sudden to to hear somebody else's voice come over the air. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, final question for you. Anything strike your fancy as far as recruiting goes right now? I know the season takes most of our time, discussion about players and upcoming games. Miro Little was at uh, Purdue, uh, the IU-Purdue game last week. That's been an interesting point fans want to know about. But uh, anything else uh, with Little or an in-state player or anything you're hearing about recruiting for IU? Yeah, I mean, Little, obviously, he narrowed the three decisions coming in the spring. Um, Probably the thing that stood out to me the most and I think is going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on is, you know, obviously people know that Jalen Huchifino, um, Montverde point guard is coming next year, class of 2022. But in a couple cases already, some of his underclassmen teammates have said that that he is a major reason why they are considering Indiana. I, I went and watched him a couple of weeks ago up at report. Um, he, he's very verbal with his teammates. He, he very much takes on a, a leadership role with his teammates. And, and so 
it sounds like some of that stuff is passing through to the recruiting front as well. Both Kwame Evans Jr. and Derek Queen, who are 2023s and 2024 respectively, both five stars in their class, have specifically cited in reports over the last couple of weeks that Huchifino is the reason, or at least a reason, why they're considering Indiana, and he's been in their ears about Indiana, and they're both going to visit here in the next you know, several months because of what they've heard from Hood Shafino. The, the reason why that's specifically important beyond them just being five stars is because Montverde, as some may know, is, is a basketball factory of a prep school down in Florida. Um, you know, you get inroads into those schools and, and you've got a pretty good um, pipeline for the, for the future. That's the way that Kentucky's and Dukes and a lot of others have consi- consistently had top products on the court is because they've had inroads at those schools. So that that's a significant development for Indiana to keep an eye on here. Yeah, definitely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, again, daily the dailyhoosier.com at Daily Hoosier at Daily let me get it right here, Mike. The dailyhoosier.com <laughs> or at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike is a very valued guest of this program on Tuesdays and thank you so much for the chat today. Thanks, Matt. Always appreciate it. All right. As we head to commercial break, a big night of uh, opening postseason girls basketball here in the Hoosier State. Hard to believe that just over or really just at a month from now, uh, we'll be talking about postseason boys basketball here in our state as well. 3A at North Harrison tonight. Big game. Charlestown and Cordon Central, a big opening night game there. Also at Jeffersonville tonight, it's a doubleheader. New Albany and Seymour in the first game. Jeffersonville and Bedford North Lawrence in game number two. Out at Crawford County, that's the 2A sectional. Eastern Pekin will take on Henryville and Austin and Clarksville will follow. And then up at New Washington tonight, you've got a pair of games there as well. Christian Academy versus South Central. And the big favorite in 1A that we think can make a uh, move here uh, maybe to the uh, 1A championship, uh, they'll take on Rock Creek in that second contest tonight. Get out, support the girls, even if you haven't seen a regular season game. Uh, there's nothing like postseason basketball. There's just nothing like it. You win, you advance, you lose, you go home, and if you're a senior, your career's over. Tough stuff. We'll head to a break. We're back with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. IU football, uh, some tough things there. We'll talk about that next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com joins on Tuesdays. We talk IU basketball, football, and more. And, Mike, I wanted to start with a note on the IU women. After, what, a two-week pause, they returned to action last night. The Hoosiers, number six, Michigan, number seven, and IU lost on the road. That's a tough deal uh, to miss two weeks of games and have to bounce back against a top-ten-ranked opponent. Yeah, and uh, they also really miss uh, <clears throat> Mackenzie Mackenzie Holmes inside. She's just uh, the one 
player that's really hard for that that team to um, replace, and and they just were murdered on the on the boards last night. Mike, let's get into football as well. I I mentioned this uh, briefly earlier in the program and said we would save it for you, but yesterday there was some breaking news in the afternoon that Dylan McCullough expected to become the Notre Dame running backs coach. I think that's been confirmed multiple times now. This is not good for IU football. He was going to be not only a key part of the coaching staff again next season, but he is a big-time recruiter and also has uh, some sons that are pretty talented. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with everything. Yeah, he, I think he had three sons ticketed for Indiana, and two of them are exceptionally uh, promising prospects and uh yeah it just it was just uh, very bad news yesterday i can't i can't uh, sugarcoat the situation um dealing leaving um i know i know Notre Dame has a little bit higher uh, level job maybe it pays a little bit more but still he was given quite a lot of responsibility beyond being the running backs coach and the son's already committed um it's just uh it's just not a good look for the program Mike, what does that mean for his sons? Can you take us through? Uh, is is there a chance here? We see some departures and some flips. So what what do you think this means, or is it too early? Uh, I, to know? I, I you know, I would say it's too early to know for sure. But uh, I think uh, one of them maybe taken off the commitment uh, uh, line on his social media account. You know uh, that he was committed an IU commitment, but. Uh, you just don't, when a coach like, leaves like that, just eventually the sons usually follow just what happened. You know, you watch what happened with uh, one of his sons who had committed Ohio State and Dylan got the Indiana job and he switched allegiances to, to Indiana. So my general expectation is that's what's going to happen, but um, we're still kind of in the, in the, so early here, you just don't know. I hate to be so negative, and you you probably said it right about not being able to sugarcoat this, but you know Indiana didn't have a good season, There's, especially when you have expectations of having a good year. Indiana did not have one, but the offseason, as far as can you win the offseason, I thought Indiana was doing that. They had hired a couple coaches. Obviously, they will be judged as they get into their careers and their time at IU, but mm-hmm. recruiting-wise, things seem to be actually good for Indiana, coming off a little bit of a, a disappointing season. And the transfer portal, once again, there's some reason for hope there as well, filling in some of the voids and different positional needs. So had everything stayed the same, I would have told you Tom Allen I thought was winning this offseason and getting IU maybe back for a position to be competitive next year. But this this may or may not th- affect things immediately next year, but this, I think, will have a lot of negative effect on the program moving forward. Right. You just don't. I mean, he gets he gets replaced, and that guy might be terrific and, and bring his own prospects along. But uh, it's just unusual for a running backs coach to be tied into so, such talent and be so well-respected, having worked in the NFL and, and so forth. Um, but, uh, you know, any NFL off a cliff last year, that's hard to recover from. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Mike, I've mentioned this, but I wanted to save a little bit of time today to talk about this topic with you because of how long you've been around the IU basketball program and really just the campus, the, the Assembly Hall as a whole. Fans, I mentioned this on my show yesterday, and I heard from some people, fans really uh, attached to Chuck Crabb, a lot like Don Fisher. Yeah. Um, your take on him stepping away and 
for people that go to games, not just once a year or a couple times a year, but for those that have season tickets and for those that regularly make trips to Assembly Hall, uh, it's going to be a noticeable part of that experience that's going to change. Yeah, just the way you would say it, your Indiana Hoosiers it was so um, distinct and such a part of the tradition of Assembly Hall, you know, and that'll be missed. And, um, you know, but I understand why he's stepping away and, uh, you know, he, it's his time. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, with us uh, Tuesdays on the program. Mike, uh, I asked uh, Schumann this earlier in the show. Yeah. Uh, Recruiting-wise, Miro Little of Finland has kind of been at the top of the list after his visit to um, Assembly Hall for the Purdue game a week and a half or so ago. Uh, But I want to ask you, in-state recruiting, have you been out to see any prospects that Indiana has offered or is intrigued by? Uh, We're getting to that really good point of the high school season in our state where you've got some good conference games and everybody, of course, is getting ready for the postseason as well. Yeah, I kind of focused on some younger guys. I went to see um, uh, Jalen Harrelson of Fishers, um, Kanan Catchings, uh, Tamika Catchings' uh, nephew at Brownsburg. Saw Sam Orm a couple times from Carmel. Uh, that's been some of my recent watching. Uh, I think I'm forgetting somebody. But uh, I was, oh, my gosh, blown away by Jalen Harrelson. I think he's probably the best prospect, regardless of class in the state. And... Um, and I, it's not a very good 24, 23, 22 situation in this state, but I think it's going to recover yeah, as, as it always does. And I think, but, uh, and I, I Keenan Catchings is interesting. He's a six, six Iowa skills. that's so skinny. He looks like he's about 13 or 14 when you watch him play, but he's very skilled and has had some big games for Brownsburg and he's just a sophomore. Um, so he's a, he's an interesting guy to, I want to catch him again. All right, MikePegramPeaks.com with us Tuesdays. Check out the Peaks.com website. It's the original site covering everything you need to know about IU Athletics, and you can follow Peaks at Peaks. That's P-E-E-G-S on Twitter. Mike, thanks. A fun month ahead. We'll talk with you next week. All right. We'll catch you then. Take care. Mike Pegram joining us on Tuesdays per normal here on the show. Don't forget, we'll be back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will be with us. Also, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join as well. We've got all the girls' sectional stuff uh, to keep you up to date on this week and get ready for boys' games. A very busy night of boys' basketball coming up on Wednesday as well. Got a little bit more time this week because IU off until Saturday, so a little different format, that is for sure, this week as far as IU games go, but a big week for girls sectionals, a big week for high school basketball, and uh, just a really, this is the start to me of a really, really fun time for basketball here in our area with the girls postseason underway, the boys is a month away, the Big Ten tournament, it's going to be here before you know it, the NCAA tournament with all the discussion I use right there in the mix for that right now, and that I know is exciting to fans, so we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, and we're going to keep an eye on IU football. There are some good things going on, but uh, obviously Coach McCullough and his departure, I think, is going to bring some negative news as far as his sons go to the program. I agree with Mike. I would be absolutely shocked if uh, we don't see some departures uh, specifically from his kids there. So uh, tough stuff for Tom Allen and IU football. That's going to wrap it up for this Tuesday show. Don't forget you can find us as a podcast. We're always available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. 
really wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Have a great day. Get your bread and milk. Stow coming later in the week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.